the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast, the second of the new A-League season. Joining me, as always, is editor Aidan Ormond. Hello. And online editor Kevin Ayres. Hello. Boys, round one came, it went, it smouldered, mm. never really caught fire I'd say though. Oh no, I thought the first first game was an absolute cracker, I loved yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the round as a whole, I'm saying Yeah, like, I was going to say, first first game was brilliant, Yeah, last game last was game brilliant, was brilliant. Mm. bookended, mm, a bit yeah. of mediocrity so in between I mean, to be overall, honest. Mm. But having said that, well, I mean the crowds. Uh, having said the that, crowds yeah, that really, yeah, I mean, yeah. two rain-affected games, and we we got ninety-three. All right, let's let's take them in order. Obviously, season kicked off uh, Etihad Stadium, bumper crowd, forty-two thousand, fantastic sight. Melbourne Heart two, Melbourne Victory one. What do we make of the game? Um, I think if you're a Victory fan, I was there on Friday night, and it, yeah. first of all, what a great atmosphere! I was with the Victory fans, and I went over to the Heart fans, and. What an atmosphere, 42,000 all day. You could just feel the atmosphere as you're going into the ground. Um, and I think if you're a victory fan, you're going to be ready for a real roller coaster season because some calamitous defending and some beautiful stuff up front, particularly with Flores and Rojas. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting season for them. I heard plenty of commentary and debates and following it on Twitter and watching the game of false nines in the A League and. Tactical debate and high pressing, and you know, I mean, Kev, you know, obviously, we know what, what Ange is going to get them to play, but at times on Friday night, it looked like they were incapable of doing it. Oh, look, I think the, the basic problem is the defence isn't up to playing out from the back the way that Ange wants them at the moment. Uh, that was quite clear. Sure, it was clearly the, the weakest link uh, at the weekend. Uh, but having said that, Milligan and Leo weren't exactly giving him a whole lot of self-confidence behind that uh, they were going to back him up if he did uh, screw up. Um, I think that's where the, the biggest problem li- lies. It was a problem last season, and it's I think you need just as big a problem this season. Um, I'm not quite sure what where they go with it either, because you know they're, they're pretty locked into that uh, that back line. There's not a lot of depth in the defence in the rest of the squad. So I'd just say a lot of time in the paddock uh, yeah. is required for them. And, I, you know, to, to Andrew's credit, he didn't roll out the, you know, this is a work in progress, we're building towards mm-hmm. it, which you'd hope you wouldn't after a four or five month preparation period yeah. for the season, you know. So he's, he made it very clear that he was not happy. They should have been further down the track than they were. Yeah, he um, was fuming after yeah. the game. Yeah, and I respect that. And again, Ange loves Ada because he respects that kind of... You know, he didn't trot out the excuses. You know, we, we're not quite ready. He wasn't happy at all. But I think Hart played it smartly. They knew how Ange would play, and they picked a team that pressed them really high and pressed really well. Um, and they made them pay for that type of game. I was Debut win for John Aloisi, you know, tactically. So, so impressed by that yep. performance. I mean, really, I was not expecting anything like that when they came on the field. Uh, John Aloisi had them so well drilled. Uh, playing by numbers exactly the game plan that uh, he'd obviously set out for them to counter to victory. And, uh, yeah, bringing out the performances that other managers have not been able to bring out from players like Dylan McAllister and uh, Dave Williams. 
you know, both great players, but never really realised the potential uh, under a lot of uh, managers. I guess what will be interesting to see, and, and we'll, we'll get a chance to look at that this week, is, is whether that is the way Aloisi is going to have Hart playing every game or against an opposition that he knew was going to try and play out from the back every single time. So it'll be interesting to see whether they play that high-pressing game Mm. in every match that they mm. take the field this year or whether that was sp- specific to that game. If he can vary it up, I'll be even more impressed. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, not many managers, uh, coaches in the, the A-League do mix it up much. They, they tend to have one game plan and stick with it. Uh, but if he doesn't, you know, I still think that's a solid game plan to get you through the, the yeah. season without a doubt. Uh, just whether you can keep that up. Oh, absolutely. And he doesn't, you know, probably has, ha- doesn't quite have the depth of other squads as well. Mm. But uh, I think we said in our season preview that he's going to bring a bit of mongrel to heart. I think always under Van Skip there was a little bit of... It seemed too nice to me at times. Yeah. And you know what John Alwissi's like. He hates losing. He's, he's given them that little bit of, uh, you know, old-fashioned grunt. A couple of other talking points. Um, off the field, Johnny Alwissi looking very sharp. But the Twitter was a buzz. With Hayden Fox's to get the up pizza on boy. the sideline, it went from Richie Cunningham <laughs> to Pizza Delivery Boy. Seriously, <laughs> I think when Someone you have ginger have hair, words, it's full kit, please, full kit, socks pulled up to the knees, cap on, beautiful. Yeah. Long may it continue. I I hope that Foxy's wearing exactly the same this weekend. He said, "You know what? Up yours." Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and, uh, and the other thing, obviously, was... I mean, uh, I was sat 70 yards away, <laughs> and I could see something on the, on the bench that I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at. But it was very disturbing. And I was 70 yards on the other side of the stadium. It was so brilliant. You, yeah. uh, and obviously, we launched our, uh, our skills challenge to the A-League boys, uh, our Panna King, and Fred... Three in the first 45 minutes. I was, secretly, I was thinking, we could be a month before anyone else. <laughs> Red had three in the first half. Uh, Flores had one. Del Piero, a couple. We're still getting emails saying yeah. that we missed a couple. Apparently, we missed Pedge Birch. I've got an Bowich. email this morning. So, we will, we will check. So, we're going to go back through a couple of the tapes just to check. But uh, it, was a, it was a scintillating start to the... Uh, yeah. To the uh, panicking. Um, and head to au.442.com tomorrow because I think Fred's talking to uh, Kathy Stone brilliant. today about being Excellent. a panicking That's what and we want. some other things. That's Good. what we want. So the gauntlet has been laid down to, uh, to not McMasters all over the A-League. All right, Wellington Phoenix uh, got off, I think, five consecutive wins this is now against Sydney FC. It's turned into a bit of a bogey team for them. Obviously uh, put them out of the finals last year. Um, Double-edged sword, really, I think, from Del Piero's perspective. I think individually, he showed that he's ready. You know, he's he's sharp. The touches are all there, just as you'd expect. He's certainly ready to play, but he was pretty much let down by those around him, either. Yeah, look, I was surprised to see Emo playing sort of a defensive role. In his career, I think he's always been at best, at his best, sort of a right-sided midfielder. And I think we lose a lot. And I think you need him close to, to somebody like Del Piero, somebody with that quality. So that was disappointing. But Phoenix, they've had a great off-season, lots of games. They looked ready. And I think we were discussing Phoenix last week. I do think that they, they have the, the attacking cover for Eiffel now. Yeah, uh, I thought 
Phoenix were very exciting. Uh, Fenton, brilliant young talent. It's going to be what great to, to watch. What a diving header. So good was that. Reminded me of Keith Hatchin for Coventry City at Wembley. Uh, yeah. Jason Pine, a blogger, was saying yeah. exactly that. Was it like 84, 85? 85, 86. 3-2 win. Yeah. Love it. There's not enough full-length diving headers in it, the game. It was a superb goal. Um, but that, that aside, what a dreadful match. And seriously, Sydney were just awful. Yeah, a lot I mean, of work to be done. Really, really awful. Del Piero was brilliant. Mm. But, you know, we were first half, as yet another pass went astray, straight to the opposition, I saw him slump so mm. visibly into himself and just head and hands and you know you really got to wonder what he made of that uh, if he'd gotten a f- flight back to Italy afterwards I wouldn't have been surprised because he was surrounded by dross that match uh, you know Emerton I actually I think Emerton at right back is his best position personally mm. uh, I, I like to see controversial him but I also agree that you know they need somebody further up to feed him because he had mm. nothing there, nothing whatsoever. And actually, you know, I did call it last week. I said that he was going to have to drop back into midfield and pick up the ball himself and uh, create chances. Cause yeah. he, mm. I didn't think he would get service, and he did. You know, uh, that's but Sydney so did look underdone, don't you think? They just looked like a team that hasn't like, played oh, a lot of hard I've games. I heard somebody else say that this week, and it's like, how long do you want? Yeah. How can you be underdone after a six-month off-season? Yeah. You know, preparing for a 27-round tournament, yeah. you know. If they've not had enough friendlies, pre-season friendlies, then, you know, they've only got themselves to blame. Apart from the, the Mariners cancelled one game. Uh, that's not enough to justify that I, performance. No, I mean, I, I was watching it thinking, you know, almost trying to make excuses because you were like, well, you know, has throwing Del Piero into the mix late potentially thrown their game plan out mm. the window? Because they'd obviously recruited mm. that Lovrec to play that number 10 yeah. role or the yeah. withdrawn striker. Yeah. But then there was so much basic errors. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, just no, basic I mean, 15 yard passes. You I, know? I, I, and so I you think, well, ju- that, that's not a game plan being thrown mm. out. No. That, that's mm. just, just an poor performance. Just I mean, an do, do, you think, do you think the player, the pressure of having Italian live TV and, no, and, and do you think I, I, the I, players I felt that? Players I don't accept that. that. I don't no. think players think that. Um, you know, it, it certainly now, uh, you know, puts the pressure on Sydney really because. We know that there's going to be a huge crowd there on Saturday, um, you know, and the, the danger is is that if they perform like that again and slump to a second straight defeat with little sort of prospect for the fans to get excited mm. about, that so much of the momentum that's been gained mm. is lost. Yeah. yeah. I thought, it, you know, it was an interesting contrast between the two rookie coaches. You had John Aloisi the night before, just hugely impressive, looking the part, talking mm. the game afterwards, uh, just perfect, exactly what you wanted and not what I expected, in all honesty and then you had uh, Crookie the next day and you know failed tactics, failed on the field and just looking not really that remorseful afterwards either You know, mm. uh, he, he wasn't talking tough about that it wasn't performance. an Ange type of no, there wasn't anger, there no, wasn't no. anger about you know, how but maybe it. that's just not his style you know, maybe that, you know, there's plenty of coaches that, that have a very different yeah, I mean, persona than they would have been on a Monday morning when they get the players back in you know? there were comparisons being drawn with him between him and Djurakovic though and I think that's probably unfair at this stage but Really, we've got to see a huge improvement on and off the field uh, this weekend. Uh, otherwise, yeah, we're looking okay. at another Jurakovic situation. Gorbachev has been, uh, has been uh, 
laid down there. Obviously, uh, you know, as we say, and it's building to be a big crowd on Saturday. Um, Great performance storms, from Phoenix, though. Hopefully yeah. the storms that are threatening to lash Sydney tomorrow will abate by Saturday. So okay, Sydney FC be. playing a home game? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what, what the weather's going to be. Think? It's raining in New Zealand, raining here. <laughs> <laughs> what did I come to here? So it's better weather in Turin. <laughs> All right, Western Sydney Wanderers on Saturday made their, that's the second game on Saturday, made their debut in the A-League. Um, you know, decent crowd considering the poor weather in, in Sydney. Uh, it was Pretty wet, pretty cold. Um, just over ten thousand were there. Sounded like more. Mm. Looked did. like more. Really did. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the first Poznan in the A League, I think, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Brilliant, love it. Um, and, a, and a decent chant for Shinji Ono. Yeah. yeah. No, oh no. no. Oh no. Oh no. Shinji Ono. Oh, no. um, what about on the park, boys? What do we make of it? Enough to suggest that Western Sydney will be competitive this year. Yeah, it'll be competitive, yeah. I think they still lack that real cutting edge. Hopefully, Ono, when he gets fitter and gets into the team, will provide that. Just, I was a little disappointed by Kresinger. I think he had an opportunity late. But a solid team, and I think we pretty much that's what we thought of them. Fairly solid unit, um, uh, but maybe lacking a little bit of cutting edge. I think Bridge as well had a, a good chance in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but stadium looked great. The RBB, one of our boys here in the office was there and you know, made a lot of noise and... Central Coast a little bit disappointing at times. I thought I thought perhaps it was Western Sydney Wanderers who just edged it in the end, but uh, probably a draw was a fair result. It's just a pity there weren't more goals. Yeah. I, I think of the the two Sydney teams, Western Sydney Wanderers, were looked more accomplished, mm. looked better drilled, mm. looked more at home with each other, uh, were passing better. Uh, this still got quite a long way to go, in all yeah. honesty, in fairness. Uh, Mui was just sublime, though. I thought, you know, it's such a, a good talent for the future. Soccer, future uh, soccer, I think. Well, let's forget about the future. How about soon? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. You know, um, maybe not tomorrow, but... Well, maybe for this season. By the end of this like, season. Yeah, you think, like, after the game on... Tuesday, Wednesday morning, our time. Then there's a break until March. You know, yeah, that's now the that's, challenge. That's the time for those players yeah. to say, right, you've now got six months to step up yeah. and yeah. be in contention come March because the A League will still be in mm. full flight. Yeah. You know, and that's that's got to be the challenge for these young lads is to prove that you, you know, Tom Rogic, yeah. like that, to yeah. say, right, you've got an opportunity here. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. but we've got to get past Holger. <laughs> yeah, his bloody uh, propensity for picking thirty-plus-year-old players. Mm. And ignoring all his young talent. But Mui, I think, uh, definitely showed signs of being a, a great elite talent. Uh, and I think Wanderers are going to get better. You know, they're still sort of they're still developing as a team. Oh, without doubt, um, yeah. And I think yeah. Ono, he could be the key to them. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we only saw him for 10 them. minutes yeah. uh, that match. Uh, we saw some lovely touches from him as well, to some like, good movement yeah, as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of... Uh, he, he showed more than I was, uh, I was expecting from him as well, to be honest, going by the reports from Japan. Uh, but... See how he pans out when he's actually plays starts a game. And probably the best A League stadium uh, for yes. me. That stadium is the best A League stadium. I heard a few people saying though that because there's no better roof. than Amy Park. Uh, no, I say from a point of view of, of like like capacity. You know, I think oh, twenty one thousand. Yeah, 000 is yeah, yeah, yeah that's ideal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And further down the track, if if one of us do best. get uh, do get a. a Bit of success under the belt, people will be clamouring for tickets. Sellouts will be, yeah. you know, close to being the norm, yeah. and that's what we need. We need to actually people have to buy a ticket in advance yeah. to make sure they can get yeah. a seat. Yeah. Okay. Sunday, uh, two games. 
Newcastle Jets uh, beaten at home by Adelaide. He was us last week, so we thought Adelaide were going to struggle. Yep. Uh, they were in front within four minutes. Four minutes. Yeah, Dario Vilicic popping up. Um, obviously, the Jets had keeper, ex-Adelaide player Mark Birgitti sent off. What do you think of the sending off? I think it was right. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think too. it. I didn't. I think it was right. No, I mean, you seriously, could, did if you, you didn't? I, I thought it was when I saw it. I was convinced it was a red card when I saw it in real time. When I saw the replay, saw it hit his chest first. It's not a not a red dot, red yeah, card. It's not even a foul. If you're out of your box, uh, under like that, I, I've had this debate so many times on Twitter. Under the latest advice from FIFA, placement of the hands is irrelevant. It doesn't matter where your hands are. It has to be a deliberate act of hand to ball. It hit his chest and then deflected onto his arm. He had no chance to move his arm out the way. Not a red but card. Him racing off his line out of that's his, irrelevant. But took his hand towards the ball. No, it didn't. No, <laughs> you, can't, you cannot deny that he's he racing out. Of when it, hit, when it hit his chest, everything resets. That was a legitimate move. Right. <laughs> um, all right, has Biraz on Twitter said anything about it? No, he hasn't. Um, what do we, th- what do we jet- think about the Jets? Obviously, Heskey played probably longer than people expected. Um, I know, would, they were disappointing. I, to be, I, I've heard this a lot from a lot of people. They were not the most disappointing team of the, the weekend, I thought. There was t- a lot of good I saw in Sydney the Jets' play. Sydney team. by yeah. you know, a, a country mile were the most disappointing. But even I'm not even sure they were second, to be honest. I th- thought there was a lot of potential there. I, I quite liked a lot of their play, to be fair. Uh, I thought Adelaide stepped it up, and Vidicic was playing the game that we had asked him to be playing yeah, last week. Yeah, another player that has now got six months to step yeah. up. Yeah, uh, and it's the game that we were expecting him to play for the last season or so. Uh, and I think they were just simply outclassed in that particular game. But I don't think Jets were necessarily as dreadful as people have been saying. Uh, certain players, I mean, even I thought Zadkovic had actually a very good game for, you know, Zadkovic. He only killed one spectator in the far ends of the stand. And as I tweeted at the time, I, the, the, I, can't, I don't know who the co-commentator was. Was it some new co-commentator on Oh, very... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Who yeah. said that, you know... Gary, like, Gary Phillips. If, yes. they can, if they can sort out the service to Heskey, he's guaranteed to get you 11 to 12 goals this season. As a Villa fan? <laughs> so I look back. The last time that Emil Heskey scored more than 10 goals in the league season was 12 years ago when he was at Liverpool. And that was in a 40-38 game season. So he's never been prolific to that extent, you know. Um, yeah. But anyway. But I, I thought it was an encouraging day. I thought what, what I did like, and, and you hope this is the case with a, with a young coach like Gavin Mon was that they didn't do the lazy thing. No. Which was they didn't just lump it up big to Heskey and yeah. say, well, let's get around him and see what we can get. They were trying to play football. And, um, mm. and it's difficult yeah. on that pitch to, to play football because I think it's really... A, I mean, you've been you've been on that pitch a few mm. weeks ago. I mean, it's not a good quality yeah, pitch to yeah. play that game. But fifteen thousand was it? Fifteen thousand there, yeah, great yeah, numbers. Interestingly, um, talking about the pitch when it was up there and they were playing the training, there was the players were actually complaining about the state of the pitch for the training session. And the coach said, "Look, it's no good complaining about it because it's going to be exactly the same in two weeks' time when we actually play." Yeah. And it, it is. It's it's it's. I dodged another motorbike. <laughs> 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 Who parked that motocross bike there? <laughs> Uh, all right, the, the round was uh, well, we should, close we, we should just say Adelaide, what a performance. We, we yeah, great. Considering the physical sort of endurance it took to get there and then get off the coach and play. Look fresh as Fair enough. Yeah. Fair play. We were wrong. Um, my tipping was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I got zero. one right. I got zero. 
Uh, I think I got one right, and that was the Western Sydney Mariners draw. Um, all right. Rand closed out with the grand final rematch at Patterson Stadium. Uh, Perth with a late Billy Mehmet, another very different type of <laughs> header to Fenton's, but no mm. less impressive. Oh, yeah. Towering header from just inside the box to, uh, to win it late. What do we make of this? Bit of an arm wrestle. Yeah. Um, Could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, Barisha in the heart of it. I yeah, no, I, I loved it. It was it was good. Uh, you know, it started with the, the the plane flying over with the the taunt at the roar and carried on in that fashion for the for ninety minutes. Uh, it was there was not an inch being given by either side, uh, and yeah, I think it was a really good, healthy battle. I really enjoyed every minute. Uh, I enjoyed no, it. I, I, I enjoyed know, I, I enjoyed the first half. The second half was going a bit stale, to be honest. Yeah, and I think you know, I think fair play to Barisha. He knew what he was going to cop there. Yeah. And, and cocked it on the yeah. chin. Yeah. And, and he spoke quite straight happy after to the game. game. Was yeah. quite happy to sort of be the pantomime villain, if yeah. you like. You know. And, and even afterwards, you know, yeah. no complaints about it at all. He yeah. did, he takes it in good fashion, uh, and I love that. Uh, in terms of the football. There was an interesting debate going on on uh, Twitter about whether Andrezinho, I felt Andrezinho, if he'd still been with mm. them, would have come on in the second half and really changed things. Uh, but apparently the, the new Japanese signing, uh, Nagai, yeah. uh, fills the same role and would do the same thing, except he's injured. So Brilliant. let's mm. hope that's not a long-running thing with him. But it looks like Mehmet will play this weekend because Smeltz is away on World Cup duty. So yep. Mehmet's got the chance now to establish himself. But Just I remember. think it sounds like Fergie plays a 4-2-3-1. A so when Smeltz is back, Mehmet's now not really... It's good having that competition for places when yeah, people come oh, from I mean, the bench. Yeah. Those like two Mehmet, they've got a point to prove. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two quality strikers mm. and Smeltz and Mehmet. And yeah. You're playing second fiddle to Smeltz. Yeah. It's not a bad place to be. A bit disappointed to see Broish drop back a few few more times than you'd expect him to play. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I think good result for Perth, obviously. He was actually, he was specifically moved back into more of a holding yeah, midfielder like role, six. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I, I, instead I, I, of a 10. He's not, he's, for me, he's not a 6, but... I mean, no, I wouldn't have said so uh, But look, I mean, the atmosphere, I mean, I was, I was told after the game that there was actually more people than 14. It looked it. Yeah. Sounded it. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what I got. I think it was like 16 and, and there was some issue with tickets, yeah. but mm. um, it was hark back to the old glory days of the NSL when they used to pack out Patterson Stadium for finals games so yeah. it's great to see and it's a hell of a stadium yeah. they needed a bus to get from the, the tunnel onto the pitch well it's an <laughs> AFL stadium so it, you know, it's a circular or oval shaped yeah. thing oh yeah massive alright that's it round one in the bag done never to be talked of again alright we'll be back in part two to look at some of the news headlines on our website au.442.com Alessandro Del Piero has arrived down under and the biggest signing in the history of Australian football sat down with us in his first major magazine interview we also catch up with Wayne Rooney as he looks to lead Man United back to the top of the EPL look back on the first 20 years of the UEFA Champions League and find out how you and three mates could be heading off to London to report on a Chelsea Champions League game Thanks to Adidas, can Barcelona continue to dominate after the departure of Pep Guardiola? And we attempt to answer the age-old debate about which league is the best in the world. If you live, sleep and breathe football, then you need 442. On sale now at all good news agents and the App Store. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. 
Hello, welcome back to part two of this week's 442 Insider. We can look at some of the news headlines on our website, au.442.com. Voice of Reason, John Cosmina, um, says you know, that the A-League marquee boys might have failed to fire in the opening round, but we need to give them a bit more time to get acclimatised, get accustomed to the pace of the game. Um, he said, you know, pointed out that they haven't had a full pre-season, they've been doing training back in their home countries, but it's not the same, saying that his, uh, his own imports... Uh, Geronimo Neumann, best best name in the league, uh, and Marcello Carusca have, have been surprised by the pace, the technical and physical aspects of the game here. Um, so, do we agree that it's going to take them a, probably you know, two or three weeks to settle in? I think Butza, uh, Clint Bolton, tweeted this week that he says he's always surprised when people say they're, they're surprised by the pace of the A-League. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think what Cosi says is pretty much what everyone sort of believes. Um, yeah, no, uh, you know, I think it's pointing out the bloody obvious, but you know, somebody had to, and because he's always good for a quote. Um, but no, I, I agree. It's obviously we're going to have to give them time. Not all of them arrived and within what two, three weeks of the, the mm-hmm. season starting, uh, and they've arrived in the league that was actually preparing to go without any marquees, any key marquees yeah. this mm-hmm. season, and managers had set up the, the playing styles accordingly. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of changes going to be going on at the, those three clubs. Um, yeah, Cosy's been chatting a lot this week. Yeah, the, the new softer Cosy. Yeah. yeah, I think he's on a roll, you know, even despite losing uh, the ACL. That performance of the weekend obviously gave him a lot of confidence mm. and uh, set him up nicely for the new season. Good. Uh, we talked about Ange <coughs> Postacoglu's reaction. To, uh, to the defeat uh, immediately after the game when he was interviewed on Fox Sports. That apparently uh, continued, and he was, uh, he was putting the boys for a brutal training session on, uh, on Monday, I believe. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, look, uh, apparently he stood in the middle of the training session as the, the boys were around him, and he was very sullen. I think we ran a story on that uh, in some pictures, and uh, the players looked like they were getting flogged. Um, but he can do that because he's won a couple of championships and he's got you know, the, the runs on the board, so he can do that. But it, it all depends on what happens this weekend, whether that sort of reaction will result in a, a result in Brisbane and, and they're missing a few key players, Rojas, Thompson and Milligan. So it's going to be difficult. I thought it was interesting dynamics going on at the end of the, the derby uh, when he came on the pitch and very theatrically, you know, just stared at his feet and stared around the ground while the heart players were going around celebrating with the fans. It was it was Mourinho-esque theatre drama, like trying to draw the attention back onto himself, deny hearts some of the, the celebrations. I loved it. You know, it was a good bit of mind games. And, yeah, Postacog was just raising the bar again. I didn't again. think of it that way. I just thought he was just disappointed. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe he was, but uh, I, I think but then also, you can be yeah, disappointed it, quietly, yeah. privately in, yeah, this, but in then, the sheds. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's, like, it's all of that sort of, you know, complete... Yeah, I always love Mourinho's quote when we interviewed him a few years back. Where he said, as far as I'm concerned, the game begins with the first press conference and it ends with the last press conference and yeah. everything that happens in between mm. is part of the game. Yeah. You know, and, and he probably wanted the Melbourne Victory players to go and have a few minutes in the dressing room on their own. Mm. For him not to be there greeting them when they got there, for them yeah. to go in and actually sit and think on their own about the game that they'd just played. Yeah. Then he was thinking about, well, what am I then going to go in and say when they've had the chance to sit there and look around at each other and go, 
where is he? Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, it's all part of that psychology. It's, it's you know? the, the waiting Love outside it. the headmaster's room, that. isn't it? Mm. Love all of that. And it's just great. I mean, I was at the ground and just the Hart fans. It's just great to see them really starting to step up. Um, I mean, we got some reports on Twitter that they ripped up some seats at uh, Eddie Had. I, mean, I didn't see that, but mm. you know they're starting to really uh, match their victory counterparts. So it was a fantastic atmosphere. Not by ripping up seats, exactly. we might add more yes. in terms of the yes, in terms of the noise and the, yes. the commitment they've got. Good to see. Yeah, I mean, on the hands, some, you know, sometimes the best way to deal with footballers seems to be to do exactly the, what they're not expecting you to do. Yeah. And if they're expecting you to, to storm into the changing room, fly off the handle at them, sometimes leaving them on their own yeah. for five minutes to reflect to themselves, sometimes it has, it has a better effect. But yeah. as a coach, I mean, you're a coach, I mean, as a player, you wouldn't want to be talking after the game. You should have that talk on Monday morning, shouldn't you? Uh, I mean, personally, I, I, you know, I, I certainly don't think there's any point in highlighting the negatives because it's gone straight after the game. Because yeah. you know, it's gone. There's no point balling a player out yeah. after the game because they know if they have made a mistake, and there's no, you know, all you can potentially do is humiliate someone in front of their peers. And but I don't, you know, I don't think straight after the game, whilst it's still fresh, like with, even at, you know, obviously I'm not coaching at that level, but I would talk about the things that we did well and some of the things that we're going to we're going to work on mm-hmm. through the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, whilst they've still got it in their mind, you know, mm. sometimes you leave it 48 hours, and people are like, particularly, mm. uh, particularly the kids that I, <laughs> they've forgotten what they have for breakfast that morning. <laughs> they're like, oh, they're a game on a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> All but right, it, but it is frightening, frightening to think that if John Aloisi for some reason couldn't coach for one week, if he something came up, then. then Hayden Fox would take over. I mean, that is quite a frightening thought. No, no one will go hungry. <laughs> Guarantee they get the orders right. <laughs> and it'll be on time. British. Uh, the uh, temperature has been raised at the forthcoming uh, Melbourne Victory Brisbane Roar, obviously, uh, and heading back to his old stomping ground where he had a unrivaled success with the Roar, two, uh, two championships. Um, Thomas Broich, of all people, um, Saying that Rado, um, Rado Vidasic has always been the brains behind the roar. Well, it's, uh, I had a, I mean, even before Postecoglou left, I had heard that uh, mm. going around, and there was a lot of things like the uh, the famous free kick uh, yeah, where it, it, victory jumped, yeah. uh, and they just pushed it straight underneath him, straight in the back of the net. That I remember that being hailed at the time. That, that mm. was Rado's. Uh, a, mm. had spotted that. But that doesn't explain the five unsuccessful seasons they had before and when Rado was there. No, it doesn't. But Frank Farina <laughs> exactly. plays a part in that. And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, I, I like it. He's building a theatre, and we're talking about the theatre, and I, I love all these stories. And I think it's important, you know, as we start mm. to build these rivalries, that um, that this, you know, this captures the public's interest. You know, it'd be interesting to see Andrew's response, whether he just takes it as you know part of a part of the game. It's interesting that Broich. Bro- puts the pressure on Ange, but not their players. So it's all about Ange rather than the players. And I think it's the players who are going to win the game. So um, Prosh is pretty smart as well. Yeah. He's a pretty savvy guy. So he knew, he knew what he was saying. Yeah, was a bit it, it was also interesting. Uh, we've got another uh, interview with Matt Smith in, on the website this morning. Uh, and he's saying that you know, they're all enjoying the new freedom they've got under uh, Vidasic where you know, they're not quite so constrained in the, the pattern of play and the, the position and movement and so forth. Um, I think the, there was... There was, sign, know, it was, there was, was noticeable I was gonna against say, Glory that yeah. when they needed to, they, they weren't afraid to pump it longer than they had done for Playing much more direct yeah. than uh, we've seen them play for a long time. Yeah. 
and you could see them, you know, playing more freely. Whether or not that's necessarily a good thing yet has got to be uh, seen uh, in the weeks to come. But I mean, I saw Rado's first session in Japan when he took me for the ACL, and, and yeah, I did sense that the players felt that, that it was good to have him there. Whether or not it was better than Ange, it's hard to say, but yeah. I, t- I did looking at the players, the body language in that session, they looked very happy on the I, ju- Rado, I, I just but get... whether or not it's going to be successful. I just get the feeling they're more relaxed under Rado. But I don't know Again, that's necessarily, that's is that a good no, thing? Yeah. No. All right, Jason Kalina edges uh, closer, it would appear, towards uh, a long-awaited comeback. I mean, you know, it's, it's been not far off two years since he played, um, which is, you know, for, for someone who should now be in the, the prime of their career, 32, um, is, is a shame. Um, it, it's rumoured that he's very close to signing with Sydney FC. Um, I mean, we talked about Sydney FC's opening performance, nowhere... Mm. Do they need um, more stability and ability than in the centre of the park um, to dictate play? So from that sense, Kalina would be a, would be a fantastic addition to the squad. The question mark mm. will always be, you know, how long term mm. is he? The way Sydney are at the moment and with the squad they've got now, with the addition of Del Piero, every single penny that they've got left in the salary cap they should throw at Kalina. And even if he's injured for the rest of the season, it's still worth a gamble. Because if he isn't injured, he will transform the side, I feel. Uh, he is exactly what they need right now. I'd like to see, you know, potentially Kalina and Paul Reid, six and eight, with Del Piero in front of him. Yeah, that's mm. me. And no McFlynn? No, I just think, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I personally, you know, I, I think Terry McFlynn's a, a top low and has been a great mm. A-League player and a great servant to Sydney FC, but, you know, it just Please increasingly stop. I no. think the game has, you know, has progressed and, and he's at an age where I don't think he's, he is what he is, you know, yeah. and I mm. think that Sydney FC need to uh, to get the best out of Del Piero and like that, need to have mm. a more sort of dynamic but also a more... Someone that completes mm. a lot more passes than than Terry did on mm. Saturday night, yeah. and has done for a while. Mm. Yeah. I mean, with Jason, I mean, I, I was I had spent about ten minutes talking to him before I sat down with Del Piero for this new issue of Four Four Two, and um, you know, speaking of Stan Ivanchik, who's worked in his own time with Jason, that's just a, a relationship that they have, and you know, he'll be ready when he's ready, so he knows when he's going to be ready. They're not putting any time frame on it, so obviously, if they're talking deals. Um, then it's obviously he's feeling so. He looks great. He's, ta- he's taking full part in training yeah. games, yeah. isn't he? I mean, that's we, what I've heard. The question Sonic, is, will, you know, Del Piero's. he needs to be 100% certain that this is not going to go again. Yeah. It's, also, you know, yeah. it's, it's not just a physical thing. It would be a mental thing for him mm. you know, yeah. when he's in the right frame of mind yeah. and has that confidence in his body to say, right, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I can yeah. fly into a tackle now. I'm confident yeah. that we'll do that. Yeah. He, he, he was telling me that he, he'd spoke, spent he, the same guy at Manly Sea Eagles is doing his knee that did Brett Stewart or one of the famous players there. And, um, you know, he's, he's spoken to uh, that player about, you know, his same injury and how he got back. So, um, yeah, he's had a very interesting time. I think he's obviously disappointed. Um, that you know, there's been a lot of negative talk around. I mean, I think he's been one of our greatest players in the last decade. Uh, the um, difference he and can make what a great guy! Side. What a but well, also, you know, I mean, let's be fair. If he can prove six months down the track, yeah. not about players back. to have coming back into soccer for yeah. four Definitely. three games. You know, Definitely. Yeah. all right. We're talking about World Cup duty. Um, Wellington Phoenix uh, are going to have um, at least four debutants in their starting lineup against Melbourne Heart due to. Uh, Players been away on World Cup duty. Obviously, this is where uh, 
having the nucleus of your side um, being the all-white side isn't a benefit yeah. um, because they didn't get any dispensation from the FFA um, to, to not play this game. I mean, yeah, victory as well are missing Thompson and Milligan on World Cup duty. And Rojas as and well. And Rojas for, yeah. for New Zealand. So yeah. I, I guess it's... Uh, it, yeah, it, it's just not the same for both for sides because obviously Wellington hurt more than others. I mean, do you think they should have been given the weekend off? No, I don't think you can make one rule for one club and not for the others. The A League plays through the international breaks. That's that's the way it is. We just have to live with it. If it's unfortunate for Phoenix mm. because they've got so many New Zealand internationals in the lineup, but them's the breaks. Uh, and you know, Australian clubs have had to. They lose young socceroos, they lose joys, they I lose... I mean, do we think that's right? I mean, soccerers. obviously, I guess the answer to this is because of the compressed season and they have to get the rounds in. Personally, I'd prefer them not to play in the yep. international breaks. But having said that, this one, I would want them to play through because it's so important that we've just got the momentum going with the, the season starting. Uh, to suddenly take a break, we'd have to start all over again next week. And, yep. and, and they've got... Both keepers are called up to the national team. Moss and Paston, so they'll have the third... Keeper, I'm not actually sure who that is. Plus a youth team keeper on the bench, so you know bare bones. Um, and potentially Durante in the future. Um, there, there is talk about him getting called up to the New Zealand national team because he's lived there for five years now. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That there is there is a debate going on behind the scenes. That's obviously nothing that's been set. So if they ever lost him in the future, uh, it's re- it's really unfair. Yeah, you know, it's really unfair for them, but. Uh, we shall see Louis Fenton and Heishkins up front. Let's see what they can do. But it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's one game out of 27 at the end of the day. Yeah, it's only 27 rounds. Okay, yeah, man. but six, six teams make it to the final. So if, if, if yeah. you... Uh, I, mean, it, I mean, couldn't you potentially make... Well, I know you're saying don't, just don't postpone the whole round, but if you have more than, more than five, four players yeah. out or something, then you, get, you can rearrange that fixture. No, I don't think uh, it's, it's just... The season, the A League, is what it is. Miserable live kid. with it. Mm. Yeah, and I just, I just think that I mean, the FFA haven't allowed them to have a team in the National Youth League. Okay, that hasn't happened, so they've gone their own way. They've had to do that. Now they have to play a game where they've got six players out and a third, a third keeper having to play. Um, I know that they pick their own players and all of that, but I just they don't get the rub of the green with the FFA. I, I think and they're in another country, which makes it harder for the AFC to put them in the Champions League. So they've got a lot of things that go against them, and they're, they're a terrific club, I think. Oh, they are. I've, you know, nothing against Phoenix. I think it's a great club, and they've done some great things, and uh, it's good to have that expansion into New and Zealand. the Yellow Fever podcast but slagged us off for not uh, putting a player of the week in from Phoenix this week online. <laughs> Louis Fenton and Manny Musket. We got absolutely we, we may have had words with the people who wrote that. Yes. <laughs> and hello to all the Yellow Phoenix fans. Yes. We loved Fenton. Fenton should have been in this. All right. Uh, countdown to Asian Cup. Australia 2015 uh, began in earnest this week with the uh, release of the logo. Always the first thing <coughs> that gets released. Yes. Um, and the draw. Obviously, uh, no real sort of consequence to Socceroos fans because we already qualified as hosts, um, as have Japan, Korean Republic and uh, North Korea. Um, but there were 20 teams that were drawn into five groups in Melbourne on Tuesday. Um, Iraq uh, have been put in the group of death with Saudi Arabia, China and Malaysia. That's not not really sure you said China How and Malaysia. How is that a group, a group of, of death? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saudi Arabia. Iran, who were the highest ranked uh, team in the tournament, um, in this part of the tournament, were ranked uh, in Group B with Kuwait, Thailand and Lebanon. 
Uh, group A consists of Jordan, Syria, Oman and Singapore. And in Group D, Qatar, Bahrain, Yemen and Malaysia. And the final group features Uzbekistan, UAE, Vietnam and Hong Kong. Now, obviously, one of the things that came up in this was, was potentially a break of the A-League, which I guess we'd all be in favour of. Yeah, the, I think the Asian have Cup. to do that, yeah. Uh, the tournament's going to run from January the 4th to January the 26th, with matches taking place on the, throughout the eastern seaboard. So that's Victoria, New South Wales, ACT and Queensland. Um, what do we think about that? Obviously, the reason being is that the governments in uh, WA and South Australia weren't prepared to wouldn't play st- ball. Wouldn't so stump up the cash and there was no yeah. suitable stadiums. So mm. And the tennis whammy. in Melbourne was one of the issues why, why they didn't want it in Melbourne for some of the games, I believe. Oh, right. Uh, but it'll be interesting if, if uh, Ernie Merrick's Hong Kong qualify, comes back to the A-League, come back to Australia to, to uh, compete. Talking of Iran, I was, uh, I was uh, Liam Reddy. Yes. He's playing club football That's in right. Iran now. Yes. Yes. Of yeah. all the most obscure places to go. And yeah. another Aussie is over there trialling with uh, Sefafan, I think of the caller. Lubo Milosevic. Is he? Oh, really? There. Yeah. Oh, God. I was actually I was going to ask you about him we'll later have, on today. We'll soon have a man in Iran. <laughs> <laughs> a man in Tehran. Can I just point out the similarity in the logos between the South Africa one and the... Uh, New Asian Cup one? Yeah, but I sort of think you reach the point where there's only so much you can do with a football logo. Mm. There's a bloke kicking a ball, and there's something that's got the shape of the Australian <laughs> country on it. It's virtually so, the same logo, colours change and reverse. We're just the logos now on Kev's yeah. phone. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, what about the mascot, though? That's the big thing. Who's What the mascot's going to be? Oh, I'm getting the cartoon kangaroo out of the World that's Cup. Be a cartoon, yeah. Yeah. Scooby-Roo. Yeah. Scooby-Roo. There we go. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in part three. Just to have a quick look at uh, the English Premier League, which uh, we didn't, obviously, we devoted the whole show last week to, uh, to the A-League, quite rightly too. Um, but we're going to have a quick look at Europe and uh, the English Premier League, uh, which is now seven games in and is about to break for the uh, internationals. So we'll be back after this uh, break. When it comes to being tough, most Utes are just pretenders. Traditionally, it's also been hard to find a tough truck that's also comfortable, safe, and nice to drive. All that has changed, however, with the Toyota Tundra now available from Performax International. With a smooth and powerful 5.7-litre V8 under the bonnet, the 4x4 Tundra offers a towing capacity up to 4,400 kilograms. Best of all, this is a truck that delivers on all fronts. Comfort, safety, security, and adaptability. Check out the Toyota Tundra today at performaxinternational.com.au. Back to 442 Insider. All right, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to turn our gaze towards England and the English Premier League. Uh, Most teams, all teams bar Sunderland and Reading have now played seven games. Uh, Clear leader at the top, Chelsea. Mm. Continuing their uh, strong finish to last season, European champions, um, FA Cup winners. Undefeated at home, played 4-1-4, away 1-2, drawn 1, only conceded 4 goals, 19 points. So what do we think? Di Matteo continues to prove the doubt is wrong. At what point did he become the best manager in England? I mean, uh, how How did that happen? When he got sacked by West Brom. Clearly, Mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm lost for words, it's brilliant, great, good for Chelsea. Torres is even scoring. Yeah. Well, I think as well, you know, I mean, what's, what's so exciting for Chelsea, I mean, we, we've got a 
well, we've, we've already done a piece on Hazard and we've got yeah. a piece on him again coming up next month as the next big things, yeah. Hazard and Oscar. Yeah. You know, but, well, you know, like when you've got Torres playing that 4-2-3-1 and Torres as a focal point, but then behind him on the same pitch, you've got Hazard, Mata and Oscar. Mm. That's frightening. That is yes. because astonishingly they're, good. What they're doing and is causing defences so much trouble is they're just interchanging. Yeah. One minute Hazard's coming from the left, one minute Oscar's coming from the right, and they swap, and defences have been pulled apart by yeah. it, which is then creating the space for Torres yeah. because their, their forward movement is mm. no sort of, you know, people can't predict it. Mm. All of a sudden, Torres is getting free in the box, yeah. scores, you know. So. And, and, and there's movement from the back as well, Ivanovic as well, he's pushing forward a lot. Mm. Um, it's, oh, it's, uh, a, it's a great team to watch. And they went 1 0 down against Norwich, and they just steamrolled them. Yeah. You know. Who's, I think, is. De Matteo uh, doing all the signing? Is he doing the scouting? And, as they much got a... as any manager at Chelsea does all of the signing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't have a Camelli type character in there. Oh, of, uh... I think there is. No. Is there? There is. Uh, yeah. Damien Camelli, was it? Damien Camelli yeah. went yeah. to Liverpool and brought you such signings as Jordan Henderson and mm. Stuart Downing <laughs> and Andy Carroll. <laughs> very Stuart, quickly yeah. was out on his arse. Um, Man United, Man City, equal on points, uh, second and third. And another sort of, you'd probably say, bit of a stuttering start from the champions, from Man City, uh, mm. in the Champions League especially. Um, they didn't really strengthen, you know. No, it was more it, of the same, really. More of the same. Um, Everton, as uh, I think I predicted, um, you know, possibly the beneficiaries of... You know, some managerial sort of merry-go-round, you know, AVB taking his time to settle. Um, you know, Liverpool, Brendan Rodgers taking time to settle there. And Everton's second half of the season form has always been spectacular. Yeah. Mm. Um, but generally, they've lost players in the lead-up to the start of the season and it seems to take them time to rejig. But I think the signing of Jelovic in the January yeah. transfer window and him being there starting the season, Fellaini started the season on fire. Um, outside bet for a Champions League berth? No, I, I don't think so, to be honest. I, mean, no. I, I think they're going to stay up and certainly in the top ten and probably top top eight. And this is a team that's lost Kale as well. I mean, you know, yeah. when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, but I mean, they've, they've been running without Kale effectively for, you know, 18 months. There was, some, there was some super stat that I saw, and I... And I know that it's ne- that run is now over because I saw him score with three touches last weekend or the weekend before. But I'm sure I saw the stat that Jelovic had scored 24 or 28 goals with one touch consecutively oh, really? for, for Everton and Croatia. And and he is a master, just first That's time first finisher. Time, yeah. He is a yeah, takes it early. superb buy. You know, uh, Rangers were struggling to hold on to him back in... 2010 or 11 uh, and obviously with them going down mm. uh, and things and there was always a lot of questions about why is this guy in the Premier League already I think yeah. when, when he was uh, at the I club mean, he, he is a potential superstar I think uh, he really is I mean he's doing brilliant job for Everton but could you imagine yeah. him at one of the big clubs yeah. And, he, and during the Euros, he showed that he's he's got that class on the international mm. level as well. Oh, yeah. He's a standout, really, for for Croatia. Yeah. Um, right, let's let's uh, let's turn our attention to White Hart Lane. Um, much pilloried by the press, uh, largely it looks like for um, for failing at Chelsea and taking Harry Redknapp, the Fleet Street favourite, putting him out of a job. 
Um, but AVB slowly but surely going about his business. Four wins on the trot now for Spurs. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's building it up. Uh, I must admit, he did worse than I was expecting, a lot worse than I was expecting at the beginning of the season. But he's, he's finally finding his feet and finding his form, and the players seem to be responding to him now. So, yeah, I think it looks like they could actually be a challenge. A, he could be a challenger. They could be challengers uh, for the top end. Uh, and he's got so much to prove. You know, he, that's a man that really is going to be driven uh, to success. Okay, I'm surprised Packett. Uh, you'd probably say for the first uh, couple of months of the season has been West Brom. Mm. You know, there were big question marks there of uh, Steve Clark stepping up to his first uh, head Chelsea, coach's yeah. job, you know, and, and um, former Chelsea, Liverpool, mm. yeah. West Ham, I think he had a stint at as well. Um, but West Brom have been flying, mm. um, particularly at home, won four games at home. Uh, haven't won away yet, but drawn two, lost one. Um, I mean, wasn't there a quote from Mourinho about Steve Clark? I think in a pre-season preview, Mourinho was raving about Clark. Oh, really? Yeah. So you know, it's interesting to see him do so well. Um, I think James Morrison as well. And playing good football as yeah, well. Yeah, they're doing I mean, it in a, the right way. We'll talk about my villains uh, in a minute, but uh, we drew at home to West Brom, and, and they in, in patches played some really good football against us, and I'd say we're pretty fortunate to get a point out of that. Uh, let's let's look at Liverpool. Um, Brendan Rodgers, uh, seems that the, the home woes from last season are, have not been sort of wiped out with, uh, with Brendan Rodgers coming in. They've played four at home, drawn two and lost two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the problems that were there under Dalgleish, which was just not putting sides away at Anfield, uh, would appear to still be there. Mm-hmm. Nil-nil draw with Stoke at the weekend. Um, away from home, they've, they've, played, they've won one, drawn one and lost one. Anyone watching Bean Liverpool on Fox Sports? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. What do we think about it? I haven't seen, seen it, actually. What's, yeah. what's your take on it? I, I, I love anything that goes in behind. Oh, no, so do I. It, I'm but what, what's, to it. what's your take on Rodgers and Liverpool? Uh, look, and, I, and I'm, what you're getting from that programme? I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting somebody who is, I think... Look, I think Liverpool will win the title over the next three years. I think. <sighs> I'm, yeah, I'm that, quite, that is, hang on a minute. Sorry, yeah, producer no, Simon, just I'm make a... sure that we have got that I snippet three to years. beat him over the head with. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I think they can do it. Yeah, I think it's going to take time though. Um, right. Well, I mean, I, I love the behind the scenes stuff as well. Yeah, no matter that, how staged that... it is. But, oh yeah, um, that's right. I'm... But I think yeah, I, and I'm also a big fan of Brendan Rodgers. But I tell you what, when I'm looking at a home record of played four, one, naught, drawn two, lost mm. two. I'd be talking a little bit less right now and getting on with winning games. Yeah, I think he's talking a lot about swag. Uh, Cameras in the dressing room, first home games in the Premier League. When you're a new coach, you know I'd be like, mate, let's let's someone's get. Someone's done that deal though. Oh, of course they have. Yeah. Oh, it's the owners, the yeah. American owners. Yeah. It's, it's designed for the American TV market. Yeah, you know, predominantly. Yeah, I mean, you're a manager. The boss has done this deal. No, no, no. But, what do you do? Yeah. yeah, but there's you know you can say what you are and aren't willing to do, and you know invite mm-hmm. them into your house to see the. Six foot high portrait of yourself on the wall. Seriously? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and he's talking an awful lot about the, you know, the history and the heritage of Liverpool, and it's like I'd be like, mate, win a few games. Oh, mate, yeah. That's what you're there to do. Um, but fascinating, nonetheless. And, yeah. and to be fair, it's made more fascinating. Fascinated by the fact it's not quite working yet. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. I'm like, I can't wait to this sun to see the next one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like Ange at Victory, where, you know, he's, he's 
bringing in a philosophy. He's got a set of players. He's trying to institute this philosophy. He knows how big the club is. At the moment, oh, that I'd say it's a lot different to that. Like he never won anything at Swansea. Swansea were never the biggest. You know, yeah, but I think he did well at Swansea. <coughs> yeah, he, yeah. he, he had, played pretty football. Yeah, and I'm if Liverpool want to play pretty football and win. It's not going to happen in one season. But I think being Liverpool, the great thing is the fans. You know, the stories about the fans and what yeah. they do. I mean, the Scouse fans. It's, it's, yeah, I'm addicted to it. So I get out and watch it as much as I can. All right. Well, one of the uh, one of the more interesting parts of the first ten games of the season in the Premier League is always the what's been. T- it's even got a name for itself now. It's the sack race, which <laughs> is who's, who's going to be the first to go. And the clever money, or or even the stupid money at the moment, is on Mark Hughes. Mm. He spent a fortune at QPR. He's bought in players on massive money from all over the world. And they are rock bottom. Um, haven't won at home. They haven't won away. Five losses. How long two draws? Two words. Harry Redknapp. Yeah, that's the rumour coming out of the UK today. Got to be. But I mean, because Harry, Harry loves big spending chairman. And not exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, surely someone in there would have looked at Manchester City and went, "Oh, wait a minute, maybe, maybe, maybe Harry is better." Mm. Well, I mean, get, has, get, 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 get me Harry's number. Has, has Mark Hughes ever impressed you as a coach? I thought he did okay at Blackburn with, with what he had, but I mean, I'm not a big fan. I, I, he's not exactly one of those warm and charismatic characters, is he? No, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also the way he plays, he hasn't got. A, I don't think he's got a clear philosophy. I don't know what type of football QPR play. It's just a jigsaw of players and mishmash of styles. Tony, I mean, Tony Fernandez has, you know, given him the keys to his house and said, help yourself to anything in the drinks cabinet. And Sparky's now rolling around drunk on the floor. <laughs> the, the party's very quickly uh, sort of coming to an end there, I think. I, I think we'll see Harry in that job before not too long, I think. Okay. Yeah, November. That's another prediction. All right. That's it for part three, uh, a quick look at the English Premier League. We are back on A-League uh, for the final part where we'll just preview round two in the season eight of the Hyundai A-League. Alessandro Del Piero has arrived down under and the biggest signing in the history of Australian football sat down with us in his first major magazine interview. We also catch up with Wayne Rooney as he looks to lead Man United back to the top of the EPL. Look back on the first 20 years of the UEFA Champions League and find out how you and three mates could be heading off to London to report on a Chelsea Champions League game thanks to Adidas. Can Barcelona continue to dominate after the departure of Pep Guardiola and we attempt to answer the age-old debate about which league is the best in the world. If you live, sleep and breathe football, then you need 442. On sale now at all good news agents and the App Store. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're back uh, drawing our attention to the A-League. Opening game this weekend, Friday night. Adelaide United host Western Sydney Wanderers at High Marsh. Um, let's go on round one form. You'd say home win. Well, the tipping was so bad in this room last <laughs> week. I mean, I don't know what to think. Oh, it's, it's, I, like, got, it's like the I old got, I, got, I got hammered by a couple of Adelaide fans on Twitter for our damning assessment ah, of their yeah. prospects this season. It looks like we were a little premature. Yeah. But Well, to be fair, one of them did admit that we had actually got it right, but you yeah. didn't want to admit yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. logically, Jacko, you'd say Friday night, they've had a bit of time to rest in Adelaide, they're at home, they're settled, they're a 
pretty decent side that they should beat the the Wanderers in their first away game. But you know, it's like the old George Costanza thing. Everything that I think now, I'm just going to do the opposite. So I'm going to tip Wanderers <laughs> to win this one. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, you would have to say in the, the opening weeks round that uh, Adelaide United should romp home in this one. So I'm going to pick a draw. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, Adelaide at home on a Friday night is one of those sort of traditions in the A-League, isn't it? Ask Simon Hill. Right. He seemed yeah. to got 11 Friday nights in a row last yeah. season. <laughs> and not that he didn't like Adelaide, but he just got them every Friday night. So, yeah. um, uh, um, no, it should be a good, good crowd as well, you know, to welcome them home. Yeah, you hope so. Um, I think I'm going to go draw. I think I'm going to tip Western Sydney to, uh, to go there and uh, frustrate Adelaide a little bit. Yeah. In front of... Uh, park one, the bus. Yeah. Bit of bu- bus parking. One of our boys in the office will be there on Friday night, Anthony Peniccio. Well, he's, he's, he's heading, down, he's to heading down to Adelaide. He's home. Home away. Badge of honour. Yeah. RBB on the road. Good lad, Tom. That's hardcore. Yeah. This, this, this to be fair... Is, so if the website goes down la- Friday It's a lad in the office that is a massive Juventus fan. But had nailed his colours to Western Sydney <laughs> yeah. prior to them signing Del Piero yeah, right. quite publicly as well. <laughs> yeah. We didn't want to. We didn't want to let him know that it was going to happen because we knew it was going to happen. So we just let him go with that. But fair play to yeah. him, home and away, yeah. badge of honour. Um, Sydney SC, Newcastle Jets. We, we alluded to this in uh, in the first part. Massive, massive home game for Sydney SC. Um, you know, there'll be a fair smattering of Newcastle Jets fans coming mm. down the F3. I'm sure. Mm. Heskey versus Del Piero. Um, Griffiths in Griffiths. Griffiths on Griffiths. New South Wales derby. Um, Sydney need a win. Big crowd yeah. building. Two worst teams from the first round. Every barista in town at the game. So there's no coffee in Sydney on Saturday yep. afternoon. Uh, Hayden Fox will have no pizza to deliver <laughs> for two hours. Just as well he's done in Adelaide. <laughs> I, th- I think I think Paul Reed coming in for Antonis. Antonis stayed in New Zealand till Wednesday due to. I was going to say, have we got any update on him yet? Uh, well, he's, he's not playing because there's this. It, yeah, it's general concussion. Yeah, yeah. Can't play. But is he, he is back from. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he got back Wednesday or Thursday, something like that, mm. uh, today. Mm. Um, but I think Reed coming in will be a good positive sign for Sydney. Um, it's hard to pick. Reed's, Reed's a great player. You know, I have a lot of time for Reed. He's just so injury prone, it seems. He does seem to be mm. a bit fragile and made of glass. If he can keep uh, keep all his bones together, uh, he'll be a great pickup for Sydney. Um, and he was there for Antonis when he goes on national team duty. So he's just doing what he's, you know, the plan was to bring him in. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to pick this one. I'm going to go for a draw. Kev? Yeah, um, maybe one one it's, two two. It's, it's first account, clash it? of the great marquees, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a scoreless draw. Nil nil. Yep. Wow. So, so, not so that, that that negates my uh, second question. Ado, ADP or Heskey to score? I, I've, got, I've got to say ADP. I think he looks more likely to score. Yeah. Um, what about a Heskey, Heskey assist? Heskey well, assist. for Del Piero's goal. <laughs> What if Heskey? You're a cruel man. What if, You're never gonna let it go. Well, are you? past him. You're never gonna let Would it go. Would have put it past him. What are the odds of Heskey scoring a hat trick? Oh mate, I'll give you. <laughs> what are the odds? I'll give you my hands. <laughs> Simon, the little wooden one at the end of the at the end of the garden. All right. So uh, it should be a great occasion. You know, hopefully, as we said, the, should be a fabulous the Sydney weather will oh. hopefully uh, have blown itself out by tomorrow night, uh, and we get a, a decent evening um, mm. to to pull the uh, to coax the floating voters out of the woodwork to come and have a look. Saturday uh, night. 
Yeah, no, it'll be a great atmosphere, and I think I think I, I, maybe the crowd will lift Sydney. You'd like to think so. Yeah, that that'll be the fact that maybe lifts some spark. I, I'm going to pick a draw, one one or two two. Uh, I'm going to go Sydney win. Mm. I'm going to go two one. ADP to score? Yes, the winner. The winner. <laughs> what last minute? Winner. I'm just writing a script that I hope happens. <laughs> all right, Brisbane Raw host Melbourne Victory. We talked about this. Ange back to his old stomping ground at Suncorp. Uh, two teams smarting from uh, opening day defeats where both of them, you'd say, would look at that and think, we can do better. Mm. Um, so you're going to have two very, very motivated teams out there uh, without the Ange factor, but with the Ange factor, just gives it that extra bit of spice. Who's going to come out on top? So hard to pick this one. So hard to pick it. I think there could be a few goals in this one, to be honest. Uh, I can see... Uh... Tell you what, if victory lost two games in a row... No. But yeah, no, I think Victory's defence is so porous that Borussia will make hay. I can see a couple of goals at least. Well, from Mill- Milligan and uh, Thompson and Roas away. Mm. Oh yes, so yeah. they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so Thompson up front for Melbourne. So likely it is is that also yeah. start. Yeah. And yeah. no Rojas, so no. In fact, I'm yeah, I'm shying away from the uh, the draw and saying it's going to be a raw win. Yeah, but I mean that's that's logical. I yeah. mean we just you can't pick it at the moment, so. But yeah, it's be interesting tactically if if, yeah. if Ange brings in Olsop because he's got, he would then be moving from a false nine to a very very oh, real nine. Old fashioned <laughs> number nine. You know, yeah. but can, then, can but you then move? That, can you move? That from might them? you know that might then create more space for Flores to prosper just behind him and around yeah, him. You know, yeah. Yeah. you never know. Sometimes, often in these instances, coaches sort of have that have a change forced upon them either through injury or mm. that, that ends up being the moment where it all clicks oh absolutely go, yeah that's what I need to do yeah, yeah. So. definitely it was, it was really scary to see Flores kind of fall it was right in front of me last Friday night and it looked like he was holding his hammy but apparently it was only cramp so you know him playing there's always a chance of them scoring but uh yeah, uh, it's going to be really interesting. I think Broich saying that, yeah, we've got a few things planned for Ange as well. Just ramped it up a little bit more. Um, yeah. you, you would imagine they'll press them high. So, on the, on, on the line. Uh, Result. Victory. Victory. I'm going for victory. Draw a 2-0. Only go 1-0. Draw. All right, Melbourne Hearts. Uh, haven't left Melbourne yet this season. Obviously, they, they were the away team uh, last year, that, last year, last week for the opening round mm. against Victory. They're now at home, uh, Amy Park against Wellington Phoenix. Understrength Wellington Phoenix, mm. as we talked about already, um, because of the World Cup duty. Do we see John Aloisi getting his second win? Melbourne Hart top of the ladder by the end of this weekend. Uh, I can see them winning this, uh, and because Phoenix is going to be so under strength, it could be quite a good win. Yeah, uh, could be three-one. I reckon. Yeah, I don't. You can't, you can't not disagree with that. Sorry to use a double negative. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, it's, it's a hard to see Phoenix get something out of this game. Really, I just can't unless Fenton comes out with a cracker late on in the game. It's it's hard to see them win this one. So definitely Melbourne Heart. And I'd like to see them actually hit the 10,000 mark for a home game. They've got the VPL grand final before that, where we often see the next A-League stars. Last season we saw Goodwin, Craig Goodwin, playing in the VPL grand final, soon into the A-League. So I'd like to see them hit 10,000. I think they should for this game. I think it'll be a home win. I think it'll be two, maybe three nil. Okay, that's a resounding three of us for a home win. Um, And the round finishes... Up on the uh, Central Coast, Mariners hosting Perth Glory. Mm. Semi-final replay. 
Yeah. They're going yeah. all the way through. They're just reliving the finals here at the moment, Perth Glory. Um, this could be an interesting match, uh, but I think it's going to be a Perth Glory win, um, simply because I still can't see where Glory A Mariners' goals are coming from. Uh, I said it before the game last week, and I think it's, it still holds true. Um, they're, they're struggling in front and goal. Uh, Ida? I think it'll be a dour nil-nil draw. Uh, no smelts, no McGlinchey, obviously on international duty. I can't... A former Central Coast coach in Fergie. I, I don't see this one as particularly entertaining. I think it'll be nil-nil or one-one, perhaps. Uh, I think it'll probably be a one-one-nil win, something like perhaps that. Perhaps a draw. Could be a board draw, mm. but no. I, I think Gloria will win it and a one or two-nil. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I hope they win it. Andy. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tip a draw. I think it'll be one-all. I think it'll be scrappy. I think it'll be. Yeah, bit of an mm. arm wrestle. Mm. So I'm going to tip one or... Perhaps I need to actually go back and look at my tips. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Put we first thing Monday morning. <laughs> we get to Thursday and I've completely changed my mind. Yeah. Maybe I should just stick with Monday morning. Yeah. I always found that worked the best for me yeah. last season. Good All right. Instincts. That is it for uh, the We're second done. of our um, 442 Insider Podcasts. Uh, our new issue is on sale now. Yeah. Alessandro Del Piero is gracing the front cover. Um, but plenty more in there besides Ado. Yeah. What else we got? Yeah. Well, aside from one-on-one with uh, Del Piero, we go inside Barcelona, uh, behind the scenes at the new camp. Plus, Kevin Ayer's report from the Nike Chance at Barcelona, uh, Champions League special. Uh, plus interviews with you know Giroud and Sebastian Kell. Feature on uh, Wayne Rooney as well. Written Wayne Rooney. By, uh, very well-known uh, UK journalist Oliver Kay. Yeah. Has, uh, yeah. Has written that for us. Some great Prem picks. Prem Passions with Kate Gill talking about Everton. Um, and uh, Jacob, Jacob Burns. Jacob Burns is perfect yeah, 11. Perfect 11. Some great names in there. And a fantastic Adidas 442 competition. Oh, yeah. You fancy, if you fancy going to Chelsea, uh, yeah. to London in December, to watch Chelsea in the Champions League and write a match report for 442, you and three mates, courtesy of Adidas, could be heading over there. So the competition yeah. is about to open on the website very soon. Can we enter? So, no. Oh. Very strictly says, employees of Haymarket or their families cannot enter this competition. What about cats? Can I cat? <laughs> no. no. And I should also say a fantastic performance section. Performance in 442 um, with uh, Carlton Cole, Rio Ferdinand and, Mika, uh, and uh, Patrick Vieira. Just every month we just get great tips to make you a better player so that's an even if you don't play it's a bloody good read mm-hmm. it is and you I can really get it online as well um, um, plus we answer the question of which is the best league in the world we have a really in-depth look at that so there's loads in this issue um, and it's out now brilliant news agents iPad get on it alright that's it for this week we'll see you uh, next week enjoy your football this weekend get out and support your local A-league team because um, they deserve your support See you next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.